My prayer when I was younger was that I really want to use whatever I have, I, I want to use it in service because that's very fulfilling. So if I'm able to write, let me write, let me, let me sing, let me make art. We love it when art brings about a feeling of solidarity, that when you create something, someone else encounters it and you feel less alone, that you can actually feel I'm, I'm together with lots of other people who are, you know, on this journey of life together. Before we jump into this episode, I'd love to invite you to join this candid spiritual community to hear more conversations that will help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. All I want you to do is click on that subscribe button because I love your support. I love seeing all the comments pouring through, all the love pouring through, and we're just getting started. I can't wait to go on this journey with you, whether you're a spiritual seeker or you're just curious about the topic. And we really hope that our conversations will provide you food for thought and inspiration for your own spiritual journey. So join us for honest, candid discussions about spirituality for soul's sake. For soul's sake, for soul's sake. Hello and welcome to another magical episode set in the beautiful forest of Govardhan Eco Village. And I'm deeply grateful to be with someone that I feel I can be myself around and someone that I deeply value because she is... Yeah, five years elder to the path on which I'm kind of traveling down. And I'm always referring to her for advice and suggestions on how I should conduct myself. And more than that, she's just an epic Kirtan leader, someone that has transformed hearts and minds and um, consciousness all over the world. None other than Janavi Harrison, everybody. Thank Thanks so you so much for being here. Happy to be here on a beautiful balcony with you. Oh, yeah, deeply <laughs> grateful. What should we talk about? What's what's going on for you in life? Well, I'm I'm here in um, in India for the first time in five years, and uh, it's really beautiful to. I think we need these um, these times to kind of yeah fill up our tank. Mm. I'm sure you experience this a lot when you're 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 in a space of trying to serve and trying to give and, and invite others into an experience, but sometimes you can get a little disconnected yourself. And uh, and so being here, I'm feeling like, oh, this is like time to breathe and, yeah. and take it all in. Having so, said that, I'm here with a retreat group and I'm feeling a little depleted. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. You know, you start losing your voice a little bit, right. you're not sleeping enough, right. you're just talking all day. Right. Yeah, I know that very well. So I'm, that's why I'm like relieved. I'm not, I wow. haven't started all of that yet. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just arriving, still in yeah. arrival mode. Why do you think people come to India for retreat? Why, why not like the Caribbean or I don't know, some more exotic, luxurious places? What is it about the simplicity, do you think that, people are attracted by? I think India, I mean, for someone speaking, uh, seeking a spiritual connection, um, India and the East, Eastern world in general have been known as places, you know, that have retained um, a certain depth of spiritual culture. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a little bit more visible, it's a little bit more integrated and part of everyday life. Like a typical example that's given in India is that you'll be going along the road and you'll see a sh shrines by the side of the road, shrine under a tree. And there's still, you know, there's there's threads tied there. There's prayers that have be are being made there on a daily basis. People stop at the temple on their way to work, things mm -hmm. like that, which may not be as common in the Western world. And so it's powerful to 
come to a place where that culture is alive and and feel that um, there's a way of living where that's relevant, you know, rather than the way that, you know, many of us are, mm. are accustomed to. Of course, I don't think that's just exclusive to India. And really, it's about a state of consciousness and you can experience that and create that anywhere. But here it happens to be that there are places like where we are now that that where that's being cultivated yeah so. do you think it's getting lost in mainstream india though do you think like the cities like i've been coming to india since i was a child mm -hmm. and yeah, i think there's a too. tangible leaning towards the west and leaning towards western ideals more and more each year i come yeah do you think it's going to get lost one day and do you think that it will just be a, a consciousness like spiritual places will just be mm. a state of mind as opposed to places on on the planet earth yeah I would really hope not. Me I mean, too. I think um, the forces of <laughs> this world that we live in um, are very powerful. That I'm talking about, you know, negative forces of just kind of, I don't know, however you want to describe it. I'm not, I'm not the most um, eloquent when it comes to describing <laughs> the mm. chaotic state of affairs of this kind world. Kind of well in the song "Like a River." Yeah, it's, really you know, it's the it's 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 um it's the environment, it's it's capitalism, it's mm. chasing a culture which is devoid of kind of uh, a, a soul at times, which is just just materialism, you know. It it it's it infiltrates every aspect of life. Mm. Um, but I would really hope that 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 it doesn't get lost. And that said, I've also been coming to India since I was a child and. Um, I, I see a lot of change. Sometimes it seems like amazingly positive uh, yeah. kind of change. I don't think it's wrong or bad for things to become modernized or, you know, efficient or, or you know, technologically up to date. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's really about the heart and mind that's behind it. And the same thing in the West, you know, it's the East and the West. How different are they really? It's mm. about the way that we're living and and the intention and the values behind that so yeah yeah i hope i hope i hope pockets of these these yeah. places you know will stay the same you sparked a thought when just by the word chasing and i was like oh this could be quite an interesting thing to talk about because mm. in one sense like we're both part of a process of giving and sharing and specifically kirtan but also you're in, in the world of more popular music as well mm -hmm and you sing in english beautifully as well mm -hmm. and uh one thing that i think maybe differentiates us a little bit is the style in which we share is like i'm a little bit more like i've said it openly i'm a bit more ambitious and like mm -hmm. i'm driven to do something in this world mm -hmm. one thing i really value about you and appreciate about you is the consciousness in which you do things mm. and i'm trying to learn like what that's that a nice means. way of saying i'm not ambitious <laughs> no 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 but sometimes ambition can be seen as a bad thing as well yeah yeah no absolutely. it's a negative thing like yeah maybe not in the west like in the west people are like oh my god he's so ambitious and yeah yeah but in spiritual culture i can't see it as being always a positive thing i think sometimes mm. it's frowned upon like you should yeah. be less ambitious yeah do you have any yeah. thoughts just off the bat of that kind of conversation yeah um i i i feel like um there's so many judgments we can make of ourselves and of others. And I think as I get older, I mean, I grew up, you know, I was born in, in and raised within a spiritual community. And mm. so for, you know, the first 10 years of my life, apart from like the doctor and the dentist and my extended family who were in faraway places, pretty much everyone I knew 
was, you know, a devotee of Krishna, a practitioner wow. of bhakti yoga. Um, and that was my world. And so that's a beautiful thing. But also it means, you know, everyone's pursuing a spiritual path. There's a very, there's a sense of very high ideals. Yeah very um, clear values and principles by which you live. And that can be quite a tall order to fulfill. There yeah. can also be a tendency towards judging people, you know, because we also want to feel good about ourselves, kind of looking and seeing how is everyone else practicing. Mm. Um, and so I think as I'm getting older, I'm just appreciating that there's so much beauty in just variety, you know, just in, just individuals doing, we are all in a process of purification. And so... You know, there's it's it's very healthy to be ourselves as mm -hmm. we are and and accept the the natural purification that's coming through that. Like for me, my purification might be leading me towards being more ambitious because not being ambitious might be an ego thing for me. Like, mm -hmm. oh, no, no, I just can't because this or that, you know. And for you, it might be something opposite if we have different aspects of our nature. Totally. So... Yeah, it's appreciating that unity and diversity and uh, something that while we were here at the Gobran Eco Village, His Holiness Radhanath Swami was speaking about the analogy of even every single petal on a flower is not the same. Yeah. Like each flower has, yeah. and you've got a flower in your hair right now, so yeah. that's why the analogy came. That If we can appreciate that each flower, each sorry, each petal needs to be different for the whole flower to be beautiful. Yeah. Then it should be okay that not all spiritualists are exactly the same. Absolutely. And that there's not a particular dress code that you need to dress a particular way to mm -hmm. be spiritual or a certain way in which you conduct yourself. That's yeah. this basic conduct things. Yeah. Like humility and tolerance, but how those are exhibited and how those are displayed can be different for each person. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think sometimes the danger is in spiritual circles that we want everyone to be the same or like, you know, we don't want to treat them how they want to be treated. We, we, kind of impose that you need to be this before you're spiritually valued yeah and uh, i think that's quite an interesting thought yeah no definitely i i i um i think it's a very common thing that happens and it can make people feel alienated yeah. it can make people feel like not i'm not good enough or i don't fit in with this yeah. when that's just not true you know there is i mean it's we see it in nature we're surrounded by trees right here mm. all of the trees that are behind us there's so much diversity and that's that's essential to nature functioning as it's meant to that symbiotic relationship between all these different kinds of mm. um trees plants animals birds yeah we can hear i don't bees, know if they, you can hear them. Hope, yeah. i hope you can hear them yeah 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 Amazing. You've also got a variety, speaking, keeping on the topic of variety, you present your music in a variety of different tones and languages. Mm -hmm. And um, for what I know of you, and I could be totally wrong, you have mm -hmm. to correct me if I'm wrong, you seem to be leaning towards yeah, singing in a non-Sanskrit, non-Kirtan voice mm -hmm. and leaning into that more. Mm. And I just wanted to understand, because like you've been known for so many years as a Kirtan artist. Yeah. And are you right now in a place of a change I'm of breaking identity? breaking out. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, is there a change of identity happening there? Is it a conscious thing or are you, yeah. you're figuring it out right now? I don't think it's so much a change of identity as integrating my my identity. Um, and it, it relates to what we were just speaking about. So, you know, sometimes we only show certain parts of ourselves because we think that that's what 
others um, want or that's mm. what's needed or accepted. And um, when it comes to songwriting or, you know, English, um, singing in English, it wasn't something that, you know, I, I grew up singing in Sanskrit, Bengali, and sometimes other Indian languages. And that was my, that was my home voice to hear coming out of my mouth. Wow. And yet I also listened to songs in English. I love to sing, but I was very shy. I've always been quite shy and um, I, I didn't have an aspiration to be like a singer. But um, but I've I've always loved to write, you know, poetry and just other. I've loved to read and write. And and I think listening to so much music growing up as well and being inspired by it, it was sort of a natural flow where you kind of once you you take in a certain amount of thing, you want to you want to share it you want right. it you want it to come out again naturally in your own way so it's not it's not especially calculated but i feel like certain doors have opened in a timing which has facilitated me to feel encouraged to mm. open up more in that way because i think i would have been too shy otherwise mm. you know one one prominently being the the ep that i did with willow smith and um uh i think just the context that we created it, you know, it was COVID time and it was kind of, there was a sense that everyone who would have had an opinion was very far away and it didn't really matter, right. you know? It's just the two of us here in the studio, we're just going to make something. Well, it's better that way. Yeah, it's better that way, but yeah. it's very rare that we actually, you know, we actually have that opportunity because the 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 sort of voices of the world and, and of, of people around us are always so present, at least for me. Mm. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's an evolution for sure, but I feel like it's more like filling in a part of myself that was already there. But mm -hmm. it just it was the part that I used to keep for only myself, mm -hmm. just sing in the shower, and that's it. <laughs> mm. This is so strange. I feel like there's no cameras here. I feel like I'm really having a one to one here. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for being so honest. And um, what's the dream? What's the, do you, I mean, do you, do you set yourself long-term vision goals or like in an ideal world with all things perfect? I mean, it's never been yeah. perfect, but do you have like a long-term vision of your life or I know the end goal is to, of course, the ideals of the end goal is to be spiritually in, in a relationship with God, yeah. to be connected and loving in a loving relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but with your sharing, with your output, do you have a, a long-term vision for that? what that looks like I actually don't and I never wow. have and it's been such an organic unfolding process which is why I get jammed up sometimes when I see people having a plan because I've never approached it in that way right and I think part of that is just my nature part of it is the way that has it has happened it, it was always like sort of okay this door opened well I think you know intuitively I think I should go through this door and then you, you you see things come together, you receive encouragement, guidance, and then take the next step, the next step. And it's been like that the whole way for the last, you know, 15 or so years. That's amazing. And, wow. um, and so when I try and look forward, I think, well, I can't know because it's I haven't designed any of this. Um, but I think what I'd really be hoping is just to... Um, my my prayer when I was younger was that I I really want to use whatever I have um, 
I, I want to use it in service because that's very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So if I'm able to write, let me write, let me let me sing, let me make art, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that I can do. I think I'm pretty pretty clear of what I, what my what abilities are by yeah. this by this point in my life. You know, when you're young, you're kind of still developing. You're like, maybe I could be good at this or that, and then you start to see yourself more clearly. Okay, I can do this, this, this. I can refine these things. Um, in terms of the actual context and situation that I'm going to offer that, I don't know. I mean, the things that I've done in the last couple of years, I would never have seen those things or imagined mm-hmm. those things. So I could only imagine that maybe that could be the case going forward. Wow. And yet my personal growth point that I'm at right now, I think, at, right at this moment in time, is kind of sort of chewing on, okay, it's fine to go on an organic flow for for a number of years, but at what point do you say, okay, I, now I'm consciously going to choose to direct, you know, be more, um, yeah. be more directing of of what I'm doing, yeah. because for for same way, you know, for for in the spirit of service, but knowing that we have uh, a finite amount of time in this life and it's ever diminishing, mm-hmm. and so you know with whatever time is left what can i do with that time yeah i think we've spoken about it before off camera and just personal conversation about the finite amount of time in which like everything has a lifespan yeah and i'm not super conscious not but i am conscious about it actually not it's, i shouldn't be so loose with it i am quite hyper conscious about the fact <laughs> that the time in which i've got this window of opportunity mm-hmm. is quite small yeah and I don't know whether what's currently happening in the sharing of Kirtan is going to continue in my life mm-hmm. for a, like a decade or even, yeah. I don't know if it'll be less than that, more than that, it could yeah. be anything. You never know. And um, one thing that I've been thinking a lot more about, because once you achieve things that you've dreamt of, mm-hmm. then you start thinking about, well, now that that's checked, do I keep going in that direction or do I need to start going a little bit, instead of going up, go deep? Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that's on my mind about the trajectory of life being not just an outward expression, but mm-hmm. an internal expression as well. Mm-hmm. And directing my organizational ability towards that also. Like, okay, if I see myself as wanting to renounce things in my life, be a bit more deep and hermit, hermit-like, and I, I do have a desire for that. I do mm-hmm. want to be a bit more of a... Contained and... yeah. I want to have a personal connection with God mm-hmm. that doesn't depend on other people. Mm-hmm. Do you plan for that as well? Do you have a like, like, like the retirement plan? Yeah. Like, <laughs> where, what mountain am I gonna yeah. live on? Um, Do you have a desire that maybe yeah. plan is the wrong word? Do you have a desire for that? Yeah, I have a desire for I have a desire for depth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've always had that, and and uh, I was fortunate enough to spend time with a few you know very deep individuals at an early time in my life mm-hmm. um that was very formative and it gave me a vision of what life could be at a at an older age or really even now but you know naturally as we age it it it, it feels a little bit more within reach to to um to go very deep because the distractions of life seem to 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 die down a little bit i mean i'm saying that as a younger person so it may really not be the case our body starts to also present more challenges as we age so you know there's always something but um yeah i i want to i want to have 
a deep and authentic connection in in my life now and then and i i feel like you know it, it's it's um it's a commonly talked about thing that you know we naturally think when i get to that point i'll do this and i think more realistically we have to try to to build cumulatively those small habits and ways of thinking and being in our everyday life now that will give us that when we get to that point because wow. it's hard to actually just make it so you know yeah definitely um so if you're kind of just generally distracted for like 20 years it's going to be that much more challenging if we don't have those little moments and spaces to really mm. yeah go deep that's my that's currently my wonderful working thoughts i know that you've got a lot of admirers in the world people that admire everything that you do and everything that you embody and one of the questions i get a lot and it's weird mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm like why don't you just ask janavi she'll she'll know the answer to this herself <laughs> But people always like, how did she become who she is? And mm. I so much vibe with how she, who she is and how she is. And a lot of people are asking me about, um, yeah, living a more artistic lifestyle. And mm -hmm. do you have any advice? Maybe you can even look down the barrel. And, and there's so many people that <laughs> will be looking and admiring. Going, I wish I had that impetus to be more artistic or, yeah, to have the time. Do you have any advice, any words of wisdom about someone that's trying to pursue a life of art and how to do that? consciously sustainably joyfully or 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 spirituality in art what do you yeah. feel like i feel like there's different considerations cuz sure. like an art as a as a career as a financially sure. sustainable thing is like a, that's mm. like a whole other w world in some ways yeah but but Maybe i would not that. yeah i would say yeah not that yeah. but but i guess just to highlight like that yeah. is a different thing it and, is it is and um there's so much written out there that you know is great for people but yeah, I think I think um creativity and um being artful is something that everyone has and everyone can access and I think it's more about um again connecting to that deeper place within ourselves of of intuition and playfulness, the sense of light lightness, you know, which it's can be quite hard in life there's a lot of things to feel heavy about mm. um but we've we are mu much more like that naturally as children so i mean for me it's just 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 keeping a space for that you know even if it's just having a paper on your desk and letting yourself draw a little bit right. doodle a little bit or or whatever it may be i mean it, it it's different for everyone like for some people it's just being having a little time and space in your day to be in nature and take a few mo take if you take a few more moments to actually observe you know observe the colors observe the textures the shapes just appreciate what 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 you're seeing mm. it's it's we don't often take that time i mm. mean it's like what's that very common saying like uh stop and smell the roses um i, sw I swear i can smell, smell something smell the yeah yeah there's this flower is a gardenia someone oh. gave me this morning, but there's a lot of jasmine around. Just, just, um, just stopping to connect our senses with what we can see, hear, mm. smell, touch. Like it awakens something in inside. And I think, I think it's also about you know, we can create art as a way of processing our feelings, expressing something, 
and then also as a way of connecting with others. And our good, dear friend Kaylee, we were speaking about this recently, and he was sharing something that I've I've, I've really been thinking about that that art can um, or that we love it when art brings about a feeling of solidarity that when you create something someone else encounters it and mm. you feel less alone mm. you feel less um yeah just like oh is it just me that feels this way that you can actually feel that's very powerful. i'm i'm together with lots of other people who are you know on this journey of life together mm. so keeping space for that keeping space how about you what's your i mean where is the space for creativity in your life? Um, I well, like you're just, creating all the time. Yeah, for me, it's this just... This podcast is a creation. Yeah, for me, it's just trying to find moments of alone time. Yeah. Like, one thing that um, being someone that's productive by nature, uh, I am always surrounded by people. Mm-hmm. And uh, even that's super awesome. And I love being with my friends all the time. And mm-hmm. I lean into that. Like, if someone's hanging out, I'm more often than not going to be in that space mm. and choose to be alone. Yeah. So the tough choice for me has been to just, for example, read more. Yeah. And to, uh, I actually doodle as well, funnily enough. Yeah. Oh. I just don't share any doodles. Oh, I want to see not, your I'm doodles. Not, they're like, yeah, they're fun little creations. But um, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I like doing I things which um, on my own, I think, yeah, I'm not so much a nature boy. Like, I'm not so much yeah. a tree hugger. I, I don't really... I, I can appreciate a flower and I can appreciate <laughs> a tree, but I find it difficult to to be inspired by that. To find it, like, interesting. To find it interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I just like being in somewhere that there's no one talking to me. I can hear mm-hmm. my thoughts or yeah. I can listen to some music where mm-hmm. there's no one else giving me a commentary over a top. Yeah. And for so many years, I had to be around people to feel... I guess safe and secure and maybe there's some insecurity within Mm -hmm. but this solitary thing is it's growing on me yeah and I'm thinking about it a lot more Mm -hmm. like I have a vision almost of like the next few years well next 30 years where I'd love to be in a place where I'm okay being with myself Mm. because in that being with myself I feel more connected to God more connected Mm -hmm. to the inner world yeah and I'm getting moments of it and those moments are sparking out desires of I kind of like this. Yeah. And it's allowing me to be artistic in my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I don't know what other, but I don't know if that really answers this question. Yeah, I've yeah. on a tangent, but. No, I, I love hearing that. Yeah. And would you describe yourself as an extrovert? Do you think you tend, you yeah. tend more towards that? It's weird. My wife would say like, I'm an extrovert introvert because mm-hmm. outwardly I'm, I can talk to people for days and yeah, days and days yeah, and give yeah. them ideas and thoughts and stuff. But then when I'm at home, yeah. she's like, why don't you talk? Yeah, yeah. Because at home, I'm completely quiet. I don't say anything to yeah. anyone. I'm just in my little cubbyhole office. Mm-hmm. And I just love just being on my own. Yeah. So it's strange. Yeah. I, we all need a balance of different yeah. different kinds. I I can handle a lot of a, a, a solitary time, alone time. Um, but I always, yeah, I always need to recharge when I've been with people. Yeah. So yeah. it can be challenging when, you, when you're in when you're investing your time in a in an activity that is about reaching out to people yeah because um especially with creating sort of spaces and experiences for people to make a spiritual connection it's something very deep it's something life transforming and naturally people want to 
keep that connection with you because you've facilitated right. that for them. Accessibility. And and you want to be very genuine in that connection and you don't want anyone to feel that there's something yeah, you know, authentic or fake. Way. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, I, I did the thing, now you just go home. But we're also human beings and it's very difficult to uh, nurture a genuine relationship with everybody that you meet. And I think everyone understands that. And yeah. yet we, we ex have high expectations of ourselves and of others right. you know, that we're able to. So I think um, that can be challenging yeah, yeah, to find to find the, the right balance. Going off on a completely different tangent. Mm -hmm. You got married recently. Mm -hmm. Have people been asking you for relationship advice? No, what? no one asked me All right, for we're gonna do it. advice. This is going to be a, an exclusive. This is going to be on the front page of Hello Magazine. Now. <laughs> Any relation? What, what's been your experience of married life and maybe someone else that's watching this is newly married or in a new relationship? Yeah. I, I, I waited a long time to get married. And so I had a lot of, of lessons and um, growth related to not feeling pressured be just because it's what everyone else is doing, you know, when when all your friends are, I mean, not all my friends were married, but a lot of them were, a lot of them started having children and it wasn't by design. It's just, yeah, it was, you know, you meet the right person at the right time. Mm. So not feeling pressured. I mean, to any women listening, <laughs> just say it will happen <laughs> at the right time. I feel like girls get very stressed about it because I don't know, maybe that, maybe I just have that perspective because I hear from them. But yeah, for me, it's been um, for me, it's been the biggest change in my life, in my adult life, and it's been really wonderful, actually. I, I you know, it's not like um, anyone that's married knows what that is, you know. Like my husband and I were speaking the other day because we had we had kind of very awkward, uncomfortable sort of exchange on new year's eve and then the next day it was sort of a bit of an argument and then we had to take like two hours to talk about it and i had to cry and this and that but we we talked through it and afterwards we were like it's really amazing to to to, to be able to sit with someone and have this exchange and know that no one's running away from it you're gonna right. you're gonna sit it out and once you've once you've worked through that there's like it's like you unlock a new Completely. micro level of relating with someone and learning to relate with someone that's different than you and understand mm. them and appreciate them. And, uh, so I, I really appreciate it. I, I love it. And, um, I think, I think there's a lot of bad, uh, sort of, you know, talk about marriage in, in this day and yeah, age it's or, or just like, Oh yeah, it's, you don't need it or it's, uh, but I, I think I'm, old-fashioned in the in the sense that i still really believe it's it's can be very when it's the right you know it has to be the right um fit for mm. a person but um even the the right fit can be uncomfortable in a good way that's that's wow. my realization wow, wow, wow. which is a bit mind-bending because then when you're trying to like make that decision of you know, saying yes. You want everything I mean, to be perfect. You want everything to be right, right, but it's not. But you have to know how much degree of not right, right. <laughs> should it. Like it has to be right in the right ways and in the ways that make you feel uncomfortable. You will have, an, I think, usually an intuitive sense that this is, but I can work with this. Yeah. My dad used to say like, 
but can can you live with them? Can you can you live with that person? I was like, that sounds so unromantic. <laughs> like, can you live with them? That's right. not. But I, I I get a bit more of what he was speaking mm. about. Yeah, a, a common friend, uh, Jay Shetty. He speaks about um, learning how to argue. Yeah. And I never quite understood because I thought my my marriage was a bed of roses until like things have changed most recently, like with you know always traveling or mm-hmm. shit like being out the house more often yeah. than not. And you have two kids. Yeah, and having two children means that I'm having to navigate a new relationship almost. Mm-hmm. Like people think that when they get into relationships, it's going to always be the same. Like I met this person and they're going to be the same person. Yeah. And, you know, always, everything's going to remain the same. But I've noticed like, it's almost like entering into new relationships at different parts of time. Definitely. It's like that was when we met. This is when we got married. It's mm-hmm. completely different as well. Yeah. And then you have kids if you decide to have kids and that's completely different. And then you grow old together and it's different. And it's just a whole, it's a mind yeah. trip. And it's just like, there's something beautiful about both changing at the same time as, you know, still remaining in love mm-hmm. and being loving towards one Choosing another. Choosing to love. Choosing to love. Because you don't always feel in love with somebody. Right. Like sometimes you're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, yeah. but but you choose to 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 love to love them through your through your actions, through your words, yeah. through your care, yeah. and I think yeah that. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, I, I know you, you and your wife got together at quite a young age at university. Yeah, like 18, you've 19. known each other for such a long time, yeah. so there's so much change you're gonna go through. You know, I feel like I'm a totally different person than when I first met her. Yeah, and I think she's also the completely different when I met yeah. her. Yeah. So, I mean, I've only been married for um, a year and a half now. Well, it's getting getting closer to two years yeah. now, but um. But we knew each other. We were, you know, talking and connecting for about four years before that, and so mm. uh, it's been some time now. And now, when I look back, same, you know, I think feels like a new relationship. Isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Do you think there's a culture of people not being okay with that, and because it's different to when they first met, therefore it's not valuable anymore? And like, what's your mm. advice to someone that's perhaps in a relationship that's I don't know five years down the line or like even one year down the line and things are different to when they first met like you seem to have a lot of commitment in that in your relationship how do people keep commitment like what's the way do you have any like i don't know some hobbies that you could both do together to keep things fresh <laughs> uh, my wife and i what we do is we try and go walk for a walk around our area every day mm-hmm. just um, we just talk that's crap. really nice like we just talk about I love anything walking. random yeah yeah anything like that um we, I mean, we we get along really well in terms of, I think everyone's sort of blueprint of a relationship is different. You have different kind of archetypes. We love talking. We love to talk to each other and we are interested in each other's ideas and things we have to say. So we connect in that way when we have time. And um, um, yeah, we we like to, to go into to nature and things like that. But I think we appreciate a lot of the same things, but... I think also, you know, this this thing about being okay with with things changing and keeping commitment is really um there's there's definitely a deep spiritual principle behind it, just understanding that or or finding um a seed of faith that what is in what is meant for my growth is mm. is being given to me, is coming to me. So there's a reason why 
I am with this person. There's a wow. reason why we've come together. It's not accidental. You know, many people, most people um, in the world have had past relationships. Even if you didn't have past relationships, there's other people you've considered along the way. Even if you never told them, you've wondered, could it be this person? Could it mm. be that person? And you might think sometimes in your life, like, yeah, why why didn't that work out? Or why why wasn't I? You know, th thoughts like that. And um, and I find like there's there's a, a real depth in coming into a space of of faith and acceptance that it wasn't this, it wasn't that, mm -hmm. it definitely shouldn't have been that. It's this because this is what this is what ultimately manifests. This is what was gifted to me, and this is this is a container um, for growth, for learning to love. Um, wow, it's a container, love that. Yeah, and and whatever's going to happen within that space, you know, the commitment keeps that feeling uh, as a space of safety. There's a sacredness to it because you're both saying, "Okay, I'm I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm going to I'm going to hold on here, and whatever's going to happen, we're yeah. going to we're going to go gonna through together." I'm going to protect that container. Yeah, yeah. But I would say, go on. I think my uh, my feeling is, and part of it is that you know. My parents have a very spiritual marriage. They came together for, for spiritual reasons in the sense that that was very important to both of them. So I guess I grew up seeing that as an example. And again, it's not everyone's, it's not everyone's blueprint. Right. But I really think that having a spiritual dimension in your relationship, something that you share, is a game changer. Um, Definitely. And it doesn't have to look any one way but something that you share together that goes a bit deeper beyond just the everyday because yeah. that can get quite mundane and it can become quite stale. And I think then sometimes we think, oh, it, it can come to a point where you might feel that the relationship is stale, but really you're you're not taking the opportunity to go to that deep place together. Yeah. I can totally agree with you because um, when I first met my wife, then we used to discuss philosophy a lot together. Yeah. And that was like our spiritual call. Like when we came together, we were like, oh, so what are you reading? And the moment yeah. we just like discussed that kind of stuff. And most recently it's been around um, my spiritual teacher. Mm -hmm. And because we both share the same teacher, mm -hmm. we can connect on like listening to his classes, his mm -hmm. seminars and his whatnot. And, mm -hmm. and, and in that way, we just, it's almost like a, a relationship within our relationship yeah. that is constant. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, now that we're on the theme of spiritual relationships, mm -hmm. Um, and I guess in closing, in one sense, I wanted to know about your current relationship with God. Mm. <laughs> Opening a can of worms. Um, but my current relationship. Yeah, who with God is God for you right work. now, honestly? Who is God? Yeah, who or what, and what is that relationship like? It's getting deep, people. <laughs> God is. My, I mean, my, my, my name for God is Krishna and Krishna is my friend, my well-wisher, the witness of everything that I do, the recipient of my prayer, my offering. I mean, it's a, it's a dialogue that, you know, I'm, I'm, or, or when I say dialogue, I don't mean that I can hear him. I don't know if I can, but I I listen. I try to listen for his voice or his, you know, sign in my life. Um, 
but I think it's it's really uh, for me trying to at least um, make do my part of dialogue, speak, pray, offer something every day. I mean, I'm I'm a mega work in progress. You know, I don't I don't have any deep insights about relationship with God, and I I mean that wholeheartedly. I I I just think I'm trying to just um, embrace and and fall in love with the basics of of having a spiritual life you know commitment to a practice and just prayer valuing prayer in in, in life and valuing meaning making a point to do it you know mm. not just like oh prayer is nice but actually let me stop in this moment and make a prayer um it's very personal mm. so i mean you don't have to answer this if it's yeah. too personal what was the last thing that you prayed for Mm. what was the last thing i prayed for doesn't need to be a deep one yeah i mean it's probably let me love you please Mm. let me love you Mm. help me love you Mm. and use me wow and your service i mean i think that's a prayer Mm. that's you know that's that's a prayer for for life and that and and while we're talking about prayer, I think I would just encourage everyone listening to to experiment with prayer. Because I know a lot of people who um, have not had a religious upbringing, have not had a spiritual life, and sometimes a, 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 a difficult moment in your life or, or a tragic moment, something that really shakes the foundations of life. Right will push you into a space where even without thinking a prayer is rising to the surface and and in that moment you suddenly encounter something that you had never you would never normally do mm-hmm. and i guess i would just encourage people to experiment with it and see how it feels you know kirtan is a beautiful way to pray and part of part of what's amazing and beautiful with kirtan is that you know for those of us that speak english there's a a language barrier where you can just hear the sounds. You can just say the mantra. You don't have to feel like, oh, now I'm praying. You know, it's beautiful. It's it's it 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 is a prayer mm-hmm. in itself, and it also allows us to pray without getting too caught in the mind. Because when we when mm-hmm. we want to use words, we feel like, oh, I don't know what to say, or or this feels weird, or this is too religious, or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Yeah, my so. spiritual teacher says something like that, where he's like, there are three elements in kirtan that are, are required for it to be a wholesome experience. Mm-hmm. He said, it's short for, uh, the acronym is Ba-Ra-Ta. He said, there needs to be a raga, there needs mm-hmm. to be ra, the uh, melody that's like suitable and whatnot. There mm-hmm. needs to be tal, there needs to be a good beat that keeps people's rhythm and keeps people's attention, etc. as well. And then the most important is the of this inner feeling of loving connection etc mm. and he said the incredible thing is that even though of course we're all aiming for that path that mm-hmm. that mood of loving connection loving relationship loving separation if we want to get into that but he said that the other two can be just as engaging as well if you're not interested in the path thing if you're not interested right now in having a deep prayerful moment and you could have fun, have some mm-hmm. fun with it as well yeah so absolutely that's what i love about kirtan yeah i i love that too mm. it's the ultimate space for it's. I mean, that in itself is a is a type of relationship container. Yeah. Because it holds a space wow. for making a connection, having a relationship. But it's it it's a, it's a container that's made of music, and mm. that makes it easy for us. 
So, so much. yeah. Keep it up. I'm trying. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to close. Normally we do like a quick fire round, but I just mm -hmm. don't feel like this is the kind of conversation we should do that because it's mm -hmm. been a really like... Yeah, because you just asked me what's my relationship yeah, exactly. with God yeah. and what's the last prayer. We get into like quick fire <laughs> yeah. round and we do what like... What kind of sandwich do you yeah. like the most? <laughs> what kind of sandwich do you like? Like, um, I like... Be careful because like, then you might get some post sandwiches that like, everywhere you go people could give me. I'm a sandwich fan. Right, okay. I, I, I wouldn't say a connoisseur, but... Um, well... I think peanut butter and jam is a good is a good combination. I've never had peanut butter. Can you believe that? You've never had peanut butter. What? Yeah. Just, Are you allergic? No, I just never, never been around a, a, a jar of peanut butter, so it just never happened. I just in the UK, it's not a thing. <laughs> what? It's not a thing in the UK. Is that a thing in the UK? Okay, the team are nodding their heads furiously. <laughs> I'm just weird. Okay, I'm my mind is blown. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's never had peanut okay, butter. Okay, there you go. You actually don't know what it tastes like. I have no idea what it tastes like. Is it? No, let's not get to that. <laughs> what kind of sandwiches do you like? <laughs> I don't really like sandwiches. <laughs> oh my God. You can't be my friend anymore. No. <laughs> if there's, just to close the conversation. Oh my God. Peanut butter aside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you peanut butter sandwich. Okay. Um, is there a message that you want to look right down the barrel at the camera? Maybe something that people need to hear right now in their lives. You are enough just as you are. And everything that's coming into your life is happening for a reason and for your um, highest growth. I believe that. I'm trying to hold on to that every day. I hope you can try it out as well. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I really appreciate you all being here. Um, Share it with a friend. Drop a comment below. Maybe send me some brands of peanut butter that you enjoy and I'll make an endeavor Almond to try Almond butter them. is a bit better for you. Almond just butter. Just as a side note. Okay. <laughs> oh, I haven't tried that either. Let's, let's not go down that road. Um, but yeah, please drop us a comment. Drop us a share. Send it to a friend. Feel the permission to re-listen to this conversation. If, if there was anything that was poignant for you, re-listening to it could be the opportunity for you to really not just entertain an idea but to act on that with trans with the desire for transformation and um, i think that could be quite powerful so yeah please feel the permission to revisit this conversation let us know how it was let me know if there's any guests that you really want to hear from and i really want to see you on the next episode of for soul's sake thank you so much for joining us namaste haribo if you loved this episode, you'll absolutely love my interview with Londrell on finding God in the present, being here, being now. Go check it out. The best advice to be here, be now, it's like it's it's all here and you can't escape it. Yeah, right. The worst advice is be here, be now, it's all here and you can't escape it. And so you take the good with the bad and just be here at the end of the day. Just be here. It works both ways, yeah. but it works for the greater good. Beautiful.